Welcome everyone to the All Things Education podcast, where we learn tips and tricks to achieve our best in secondary and tertiary education. I'm your host, Mary Coleman, and I am very keen for this episode, because today we're going to be speaking to Justina, a 2021 Year 12 graduate who received a 99.25 ATAR, did well enough in the UCAT to receive an interview to pursue her career in the medical field. Honestly, guys, you are going to be so inspired by her. She is amazing. Also, stay tuned until the very end to find out how you can enter to win a $50 stationery e-voucher. I can't wait to get started. Let's get educated. Alrighty, let's jump straight in. So welcome, Justina, to the All Things Education podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, just to start off, like the subjects in year 12, how well you went, if you're okay with sharing that, and what you're going to be doing this year? Yeah, sure. So in year 12, I took physics, chemistry, biology, English lit, and methods. And then I also did Mm. RP and stage two Polish in year 11. And I got a merit in Polish and in biology and ended up with a 99.25 ATAR. Wow, congrats. Uh, (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Um, And I'm currently enrolled in a Bachelor of Health and Medical Science and I'm awaiting my medicine (laughs) offers, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Awesome. Okay, so let's just start off with a fun question. If you could repeat one year of secondary school, what would it be and why? Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) This is kind of a tough question because they're also different. I think it'd probably be year 10 just because there was so little stress. And I'm Mm. sure in year 10, I would have been like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. There's so much that I need to do. But like looking back now, it was probably a really stress-free year. Um, I remember we went on a really fun geography trip to Kangaroo Island. And I also got to do a lot of subjects that I, you know, had to give up in year 11 and 12 just because I didn't have enough room for them. So history and geography, those are subjects that I really loved, but I could yeah. Do, so I'd love to do them again. That's so true. I feel like I would do year 10 as well, probably. Have you maintained a consistent study routine when you were in secondary school? So years 10, 11 and 12? I think my like my routine has been fairly consistent, mm, mostly just involved getting home from school or extracurriculars, whatever was going on that day. I'd grab something to eat, mm. decompress a little bit by reading or, you know, scrolling social media, watching an episode of something on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I would just get started on my work. So depending on what needed to be done that night, I'd do some homework, work on assignments, prepare mm. for tests. Um, the only thing that's really changed is the workload itself. Yeah. So where I used to do maybe two hours a night in year eight. Um, oh, <laughs> in, that's still heaps. <laughs> in year 12, I would probably spend like five to seven hours a night studying, um, obviously with wow, breaks in yeah. between. And I think my approach to study has also mm become more efficient and focused over the years because I figured out which study methods work best Mm. for me and this is really important because of the increased workload in later years but yeah yes yes for sure so what time did you get home from school then um well we finish school at 3 30 on a normal day Mm. and I usually get home around four maybe just past four except when I had extracurriculars on then I might come home at like five uh sometimes we'd also you know go grocery shopping there's other things that you have to do outside Mm. of school so it all depends. And on days where I got home a bit later, I wouldn't study for as long. Yeah, I'm just thinking if you get home at let's just say four o'clock and then seven more hours, 
to be going to bed at like 11 or 12. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Uh, I <laughs> I probably wasn't getting my eight hours of sleep, but I was no, um, definitely getting my eight hours of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You can catch up now anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. How important do you reckon were your studies over spending time with your friends or your family? So um, obviously I was very dedicated to my studies and I still am. Mm. Um, but spending time with my family absolutely always took priority, uh, especially on weekends. Yeah. It's really important to make mm. time for your loved ones, especially during a year that's as demanding as year 12. And I would have hated to look back on the year and realize that like all I did was study. That would just be depressing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, if my brother dropped by in the evenings while I was in the middle of a study session or family lunch on Sundays ran a bit later than expected, I didn't stress too much about that because the time you spend with people you love is going to recharge you, it's going to motivate you and ultimately it will keep you happier. That's so, so true. Yeah. And did you disconnect yourself from all social media during year 12 or <laughs> kind of guiltily not? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I did not. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's, that's fine. It's, like, it's a fairly common thing for people to do in year 12. And I definitely cut mm. down on my social media use. But during the more, especially mm. during the more stressful times, you have to just cut out all of the distractions. But um, I never disconnected myself fully. Yes. And when you said you cut down on the socials, how much time were you cutting down on them? Or would you kind of limit your time on like Snapchat or something? I mean, I used to limit my time through my phone, like I would actually set limits, but I found that I would probably mm. just reach that limit mm. and then keep going anyway, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. a bit redundant. Just ignore the notifications, um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I tried to leave my phone downstairs um, mm. whenever I was going upstairs to study, and that was really helpful, because mm. out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah, so true. But yeah, definitely also had a bit more, bit more social media use on the weekends. Yes, you've got to uh, have that like was, that balance yeah. between like relaxing and studying, definitely. you know, like you can't just be studying 24-7. And sometimes it's just good for your brain to like, okay, maybe it's not that good for you, but <laughs> it feels good yeah. to just sit and scroll yeah. and look at memes. Yeah. When you're constantly thinking and you're constantly trying to achieve the best marks and trying to thinking about how to mm. how to get through year 12, having that time to just turn your brain mm. off for a bit was, yes, was really yes. beneficial. No, that's so true. Moving on to the medicine talk now, um, how early or even sort of what grade did you start studying for the UCAT? Um, so I started studying for the UCAT in year 11. Some people start as early mm -hmm. as year 9, yeah, which wow. I didn't even know what the UCAT was in year 9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that's also partially just due to the fact that I wasn't sure what I wanted to do career-wise. Mm. You know, in year 11, the UCAT seems like such a far-off thing that you won't have to worry about for ages, but it comes a lot faster than you think it will. <laughs> um, and in hindsight, yeah. I definitely would have spent more time on it in year 11 before the stress of year 12 kicked in. Yeah, and I guess just for the listeners who don't know what the UCAT is, do you want to quickly just explain to them? Basically, the UCAT is the University Clinical Aptitude Test, and it's a test used by universities to assess how well you would do in a, like a medical field. It's split up into five sections. So verbal reasoning, decision-making, quantitative reasoning, abstract reasoning, and situational judgment. It's a two-hour exam. Uh, and in that time, you have to answer 233 questions across those sections, which means that you are answering just under two questions a minute. So it's pretty oh. daunting, <laughs> um, especially when you're just starting out 
practicing like it's it seems like a very overwhelming and impossible yeah, yeah, feat yeah. to achieve but with enough practice and with that with enough strategizing you learn to attack questions in a in a very efficient way you gotta be quick yeah you gotta be real quick yeah nice that's a very good explanation yeah. I honestly I could not explain it even better I was doing my research into the UCAT because medicine I guess in a way everyone kind of considers it at one point oh yeah <laughs> thinks like oh maybe I should become a doctor but I was researching into it and I saw the UCAT and the expectations and my jaw literally dropped I was like what people do this <laughs> um and it's crazy to hear stories about when people do the UCAT just for the lol just for the fun of it and pass or get through oh yeah it's, there yeah yeah there were plenty there were plenty of stories like that this year actually mm. like one guy who just wanted to prove to his parents yeah that, that he could get in yeah. and he got like a perfect score oh in one goodness. of the sections wow so anyone that does it literally so much respect for you guys because it is hard so yeah did you have like a tutor or study groups when you were studying for the UCAT though I was part of a Facebook group but that wasn't really much of a study thing because mostly people just advertise their tutoring on there but it was just nice to have like a point of contact just in case I had mm. any questions um I attended a UCAT information evening as well would you recommend going to those yeah if you have free ones uh like around or if something like something's being advertised it's always good to just go in and see what people are saying the more information Definitely. you have about something the better you'll be and I also attended weekly group tutoring sessions so those were run by two uh med students mm. who had so much wisdom them to share and I'm so so grateful to have had them mm. those sessions were really beneficial in keeping me on track with my yeah. preparation when you're preparing for the UCAT alone you don't get the perspective of someone who's actually done it before and you don't have someone to bounce off ideas with you don't have someone actually telling you how they would attack a, a certain question uh, and that's really really beneficial mm. how exactly did you study for the UCAT I, w- <laughs> I wish I'd done more study <laughs> first of all <laughs> when I was just starting out I used the uh, free practice questions and mock exams that are available on the official Mm. UCAT website and they help you to get a sense of what the exam is like so that's probably really important just as you're starting out Mm. and I also later on used Medify which is an online question bank that's super helpful in like tracking your progress exploring strategies to attack the questions and just pumping out as many practice questions as Mm. possible because the thing with the UCAT is there's only a set amount of question Mm. types that you can get and if you can expose yourself to as many of those types of questions as possible then you're going to have a much better chance of achieving a high UCAT score in the end but there are definitely plenty of online resources out there another popular one was uh, MedEntry uh, but Medify is much more affordable and it offers a huge bank of questions Mm. there's a practice questions that you can do there's Mm. mock exams where your screen will turn into essentially the exact same uh, layout as the UCAT exam yeah so there's so many different resources like that and even if it's worth paying for them do you reckon you're going to use them then it's definitely worth paying for them yeah but if you're not 100% certain that you're going to use them maybe stick to Medify rather than MedEntry because MedEntry is very expensive yeah right um but it's definitely worth doing your research seeing what's out there in order to choose what will suit your study style best Alrighty, guys we're going to take a super quick break now just to talk about our instagram page we hope you've checked it out by now definitely given it a follow and liked some of our top posts and reels we have some amazing content on there that will definitely fast track your success in secondary and tertiary education 
So definitely go check us out at All Things Education 21. And we really hope you're also enjoying the content on the podcast so far. If you like our podcast, definitely shoot us an email at allthingseducation21 at gmail.com. And we will definitely reply back to your email if it is some constructive criticism, some praise, whatever it is, we would love to hear from you to see how we're going. All right, we hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Let's jump right back into it. Back to you, Justina. What is the best way, do you reckon, to get into the 90th percentile in the UCAT? <laughs> I mean, the best answer reckon? I can give you is practice. Like, practice, practice, yeah. practice, practice, practice. Um, yeah. <laughs> you do enough practice. It's, uh, yeah, you really can't get enough of it, um, mm. especially in the in the final weeks leading up to it. Uh, which is obviously really difficult because you're trying to balance year 12 and also UCAT prep. But yeah, yeah, like I said earlier, the more that you expose yourself to different question types, the higher chance you have of achieving a high score. And it's also just about being able to recognize those Mm. question types really quickly. Because if you think about it, you might not be able to finish all of the questions. Actually, finishing Mm. all of the questions is almost impossible. Most people will not finish all of the questions in the UCAT. If you're getting to answer more questions than the average person, and if you're also answering those questions accurately, yes. it can really it can really set your score apart from, from other scores. And the other thing to consider is that different unis uh, consider UCAT, ATAR, and interviews to be weighted differently. Your UCAT has to be pretty high. Uh, and the cutoff will differ each year because it's, you know, a normal distribution based on whoever's taking the UCAT that year. The UCAT is really the biggest hurdle and it's the first hurdle in getting into medicine. And of course, there are some universities that don't consider UCAT at all right, or okay. might place greater weightings on ATAR or the interview. And this is another thing that you really need to research mm. and get familiar with so that you know where you should be applying based on your score. So what was the interview like? It was pretty nerve wracking. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Due to COVID, the interviews this year were entirely via Zoom, uh, which made it pretty difficult to, you know, read your interviewer's body language and also to show your own body language. You're really relying on your verbal communication skills. Next year, the interviews might be back to being in person, uh, which I personally think is a little bit less intimidating. But, you know, each their own. Some people might find Zoom a bit easier. But, you know, with COVID, you can never be too certain what the future holds. (laughs) So true. And how did you prepare for the interview? Um, Well, I didn't actually think that I would get an interview, to be perfectly honest. I knew you would. (laughs) I I felt like I hadn't done as well in the UCAT as I should have. Because there's, you know, there's all this pressure that you have to be like 99th percentile, absolutely perfect, perfect scores in every section. And that's Mm. not necessarily the case. You don't have to be 100% perfect to get an interview offer. But when I did get that offer, it was such a surprise. And it was also just this moment of hope, right? Mm. And that's why I really threw myself into preparing for the interview. Uh, I did a lot of brainstorming. So I think I filled out like an entire notebook. Wow. Um, and in preparation, you, you have to consider why you want to study medicine. And I had to reflect on who I am as a person, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, what motivates me, and ultimately what would make me a good doctor? Yes. Right. Yes. That's, that's the be all end all question. Why, why should you study medicine? Mm. Why will you be a good doctor? And why should the unis accept you? Really analyze it. Because, you know, so, there, there are going to be plenty of people who are going into medicine for the wrong reasons. You know, they might be going into it for the pay because they've got family pressure or they're looking for prestige or just because they've 
being pushed into this box because they're quote unquote academically gifted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for a 17 or 18 year old, these are some pretty tough questions to be thinking about. And even just to be deciding what you want to do with the rest of your life at such a young age is really daunting. But that's the whole point of the interview. It forces you to look inward and really align all of your values with the future that you want for yourself and then all you have to do is show that to your interviewers yeah wow and do it over zoom as well which is even yeah harder. <laughs> yeah so what would you recommend to I guess practice or memorize or study for the interview yeah I definitely don't recommend memorizing your responses to common interview questions as tempting as it seems uh, an interview is meant to be a conversation And if you're too busy trying to remember exactly how you want to phrase every single response, Mm. you're going to sound very stiff and you're going to sound very over-rehearsed. And this is something your interviewers will pick up on immediately. Mm. And of course, like practicing is really important. Sometimes things will sound differently when spoken aloud rather than the way that you thought they would in your head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And this is where, you know, mock interviews can be really helpful. So having someone ask you a number of questions, but also to have those questions lead on from one another Mm. uh, based on your responses, that will help you practice your responses while also developing your ability to think on your feet and to maintain a conversational but not a casual tone. Yes, yes, Uh, yes. It's about finding the balance between the two. Mm, Nice, yeah. Yeah. And just taking it back to year 12, I guess, moving a little bit away from the UCAT, how did you prepare for your exams in year 12? Yeah, well, um, the good thing about the UCAT, uh, <laughs> there aren't many good things <laughs> about the UCAT, <laughs> uh, but the good thing about it is that you do get it over and done with by the middle of the year, Yeah, which means that you have the entirety of the second half of the year to focus in on your exams and focus mm. on getting that high ATAR because that is another thing that unis will consider. And so you need to uh, do as well as you possibly can if you're trying to get into medicine. Yes. So mid-year exams, did they, were they kind of affected at all, do you reckon, by UCAT? Um, Not really. I I was lucky in that I booked my UCAT in the two-week holiday between term two and term three. And so I had my UCAT on the Saturday in the middle of that holiday period. Mm -hmm. I had the first week of holidays to just smash out hours and hours of UCAT prep every day Mm. leading up to that and then I had the second week of those holidays to prepare for my mid-year exams Mm. which I wasn't overly stressed about because they weren't going towards my grades anyway Uh, and then of course at that time we also had COVID Mm. we had a lockdown so (laughs) half of those exams were done at home yeah um or they were postponed Mm. but when it came to the real exams yes at the end of the year I (laughs) it took a lot of revision I had five exams that's a lot. Um, so trying to revise for all of them <laughs> was yeah. was a challenge. But I tried to revise as I went during mm. the year. So I would read over notes from previous topics after I'd completed the next one. And I tried to interweave concepts between topics as, so that they would stay fresh in my mind. I think that's something that's really uh, easy to do in biology. And actually in any of the science courses, if you're able to connect concepts yeah. between between the different topics and between the different units uh, that'll just help keep all of the information fresh in your mind. I think learning throughout the year is just so good because it's kind of like you're chipping it away at your studies and you're keeping that information kind of in your long-term memory, sort of in your short-term memory. And like you said, science, you need to know your stuff like back to front. Um, 
I remember year 11 bio exam. Mm -hmm. I fully did not memorize anything. (laughs) Such a shameful moment here. (laughs) I didn't like memorize anything until about the week before. And we were focusing, I think, on like cells and mitosis and all of that. There was just so many different concepts and I was struggling to be able to memorize all in a week. So that is a very smart idea to chip away throughout the year. Yes. Yeah. For for subjects that have a lot of conceptual knowledge Mm -hmm. that you need to have your head around don't leave them to the last minute no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you you will struggle um yeah also quizlets are really helpful if you yeah, make a quizlet at quizlet. the end at the end of a unit maybe while you're preparing for a test mm. uh when you're going back to study for your exams having those quizlets is really helpful also mm. just search quizlet for other people's yeah. other people's question <laughs> sets <laughs> yeah literally would you prefer quizlet or handwriting your flashcard notes do you reckon uh I never handwrite my flashcards yeah. I know that like a lot of people do that and I'm sure that's helpful but I personally would get caught up in making them look pretty yes yes um and also that's it's just a time-consuming process I feel like I can get the same amount of study out of quizlet which I'm like I, I still have to write out my own mm. flashcards but I'm typing them up so it's a little bit faster for me and also I have access to them wherever I go. So if I'm, you know, on the bus or yeah. if I'm in the car um, and I have a little bit of time, I can just mm. open up Quizlet, you know, look through a few concepts. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just handier. And you've got the memorization games as yeah. well that you can kind All of play. All the games are really fun as well. They make it in, they make mm. studying really fun. So Quizlet is the best. Highly would recommend. <laughs> this is not sponsored. <laughs> so when did you start studying for your exams? You said that You've done them pretty much all throughout the year, but I guess for the other subjects like English Lit and Maths, were you um, studying all throughout the year as well? So I uh, started thinking about it at the start of term three. Lovely. Thinking is good. (laughs) Thinking is great. Uh, Doing is better. Uh, Yes. It was sort of (laughs) midway through the term that I started to really buckle down on my revision. Mm, Of term three? Uh, Yeah. Because I was sort of revising and going over concepts, you know, throughout the year. But when Mm. it came to actually thinking about exams and the fact that they were coming up, it was, yeah, midterm three uh, that it really started to sink in. Mm. Um, The challenging thing is that you'll usually be learning new content and doing assignments and preparing for your last few tests while also trying Mm. to revise for exams and that. And the exams feel like they're miles away at the time. So staying motivated was (laughs) a challenge. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I remember I only started studying for exams properly. The term three holidays going up to term four. That was when I really went, oh, exams are like in two weeks. Mm. Gotta get going. <laughs> and also at that point, you're so tired. And so it's like, right? oh. I was just, I was just so not motivated. I remember <laughs> um, Zach said it in his episode when we were talking about advice in the recently graduated. Zach was telling us how like he just lost all this motivation. And yeah, I completely mm. agree with that because, you know, I lost motivation as well definitely um and how long were you studying for your exams each day when you kind of started getting into it um I'm not sure how much of the time I would be devoting to exam study and how much was Mm. just normal everyday school study study. but I was probably averaging like seven to eight hours a day at this point Wow, (laughs) which meant that I was averaging a lot less hours of sleep that's fine (laughs) but yeah no it's okay Mm. we got through it did your social life go down a little bit by that point or were you still kind of maintaining? Oh, yeah. I had no social life at that point. <laughs> yeah. Who does in year 12, honestly? <laughs> no, seriously. It was a it was a very socially challenging uh, time as well. Oh, yeah. 
I think it really knuckled down just to your school friends and just seeing them at recess and lunch. And yeah. sometimes you wouldn't even hang out with them at recess and lunch. It's just like, sorry, I've got to study now. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I uh, <laughs> wasn't seeing much of my friends at that point. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of works out in the end. And you've got lots of time to, you know, party and enjoy yourself after exams yeah so, yeah and yeah, also plenty of time to meet a lot of new people at uni so so true so true how frequently were you studying those seven to eight hours um of that exam time pretty much like every day at the tail end of year 12 you'll you'll probably realize oh no yeah there's still so much to do right. uh, and it'll probably be really stressful uh, as mm. it was for me and probably for you as well uh, yeah. And at that point, if you haven't already, you really need to be buckling down and getting in as much work as possible. 100%. Easier said than done, because by the end of year 12, like we were saying, I was so burnt out and just exhausted yeah. all the time. It all felt pointless. I was just Literally. done. It's um, not finishing. <laughs> yeah, it was dragging on. Um, yeah. But I was just sort of, I was looking forward to all of the end of year stuff after exams yeah, were over. Yeah, um, I think graduation really kept me together. Yeah, yeah. I, I can get there, I can graduate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was definitely the most challenging aspect of the year. But at some point you have to just get over yourself a little bit mm. and just sit down and do the work. Yeah. Because it'll be over before you know it. And you will, if you're not putting in the most effort that you can personally, and if you you know you're not trying your hardest based on your circumstances mm. and based on how you're feeling at the time, you're going to regret it. You're going to look back and think, oh, I could have done that little bit better, you know. And, yeah, mm. you don't want that feeling. So do your best. Try your hardest always. So true. Yeah, I think I remember everyone was telling me from the people that graduated in 2020 or 2019, they keep saying to me, oh, you know, your tour will be done before you know it. I'm like, yeah, right. Like, I know it's going to take forever. But honestly, I blinked and it was finished. Year 12 feels like a fever dream. It does. Like, it just... It just went. And I was like, wait, hang on. I didn't... What? And everyone keeps telling you. That was an entire year that just... Split. Like, what? So, yeah, definitely. I think making the most of it and studying and doing things that you aren't going to look back on, like you said, and kind of wish you tried harder or studied that much better or longer. Mm, yeah. Oh, wow. And what was your plan of attack? Did you target your weakest subject first or the one you knew was going to be the hardest? Uh, actually, actually, no. I targeted my best subjects to try to secure the best possible grades for those subjects. I did have the luxury of knowing that my Polish and my research project grades would be going towards my ATAR. Mm, so you got merits, yeah. <laughs> Quite frankly, <laughs> yes. Um, yes. <laughs> no, I just, my scaled scores were pretty good for those subjects. So I had a fair amount of confidence that mm. they would be going towards my ATAR. And that gave mm. me some leeway mm. in terms of my other subjects. So for me, uh, <laughs> and I hope my maths That's teacher so isn't listening to this, <laughs> but um, it was definitely methods that I kind of neglected the most. Yeah. Also partially because it just wasn't something that I was totally passionate about, whereas subjects like biology or physics yeah. I and, and English um, I just absolutely loved. So I was getting much mm. better grades in those subjects. And I was, you know, in exchange mm. for not, putting in as much effort for methods, I was devoting a lot more time to the subjects that I really loved and that I knew were going towards my ATAR. And um, yeah. in the end, they did. Yeah. So. Would you say methods was your um, like lowest graded subject? Um, in the end, it was my lowest graded subject, but I was still averaging like A's on tests and stuff. It's not like I completely neglected it and didn't care about it at all. Yeah. 
I just put in a lot more time into other subjects. For example, if I had a test coming up for maths and a test coming up for physics or biology, biology would take priority for me. Um, But that, you know, that changes for every person. It depends on on what you're best at and what you want to devote your time to. Yeah, 100%. And do you have any advice for those who are considering something in the medical field or trying to complete the UCAT for whatever reason? Yeah, okay. I think I have two pieces of advice. First of all, make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. We touched on this earlier, but I know a lot of people who felt like medicine was the only option for them because of family expectations or just because they were placed into that box, that they have to do it, that, you know... They're smart, so why not? Why not medicine? And, you know, that's good if you have that extra push, that extra motivation, but that alone is not going to get you through a degree like medicine. And you need to be passionate about medicine as a discipline in all of its complexity, the science behind it, the social aspects, the commitment, because it's a huge commitment. And so that's the first piece of advice. And my other piece of advice would be to consider options outside of just medicine. Yeah. Because allied health is a field that's growing so much right now. And there's so many people going into into different career options that are still tied into medicine. So you could become an occupational therapist or a speech pathologist, a psychologist, a nurse, a paramedic, um, or even a medical researcher. That's uh, something that's really important, especially in times like now with COVID. Uh, that's such an important job. Uh, so don't neglect those. Don't ignore them because there are so many possibilities out there Um, and you might just find something that you fall in love with. And do you have any last thoughts or good luck messages or anything like that? Yeah, so uh, (laughs) to anyone starting high school and especially to the class of 2022 who are approaching the end of their high school journey, uh, I wish you all the very, very best. Study hard, but study for a love of learning and not for a grade or for an ATAR. If you're truly passionate about something, you won't let it go. Don't compromise on your dreams and always hold on to the things and the people that you love the most. So true. Wise words there. Well, thank you so much, (laughs) Justina, for joining us today. You've given some amazing knowledge. I'm honestly just so blown away by your answers. And best of luck for medicine. Thank you. Thank you. Keep your fingers crossed for me. Definitely will. And yes, thank you. See you next time. Bye. Wow, that was amazing. Justina has some awesome wisdom built knowledge that she has just loaded onto us. I definitely found heaps of what she said useful and I hope you did as well. Hey, maybe I should just repeat year 12 so that I can get into medicine using Justina's tips. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and remember the advice given on this channel and on our socials is general information only. If you have any specific health, well-being or educational issues, reach out to a professional such as your GP, your school counsellor or a trusted person in your life before making any final decisions. Please do not take this episode as specific personal advice and hopefully you now have more information about the topic you've listened to today. Okay, now it's time to talk about how you can enter our very own giveaway. So we have one $50 Kiki K e-gift voucher that you had the chance to win. To enter, you need to be firstly following us on our Instagram page and secondly, screenshot this episode and post it on your story. Don't forget to tag us or if you're private, just send us a message on Insta letting us know you've done that. All right, thanks again for tuning into the All Things Education podcast. See you next time.